Hello. And welcome to episode 100 of Stationary Adjacent. Wow, we made it. I'm Justin Twyford, joined as always for the 100th time. Well, actually the 101th, because we recorded one we never actually released. But still, Lennon, you're on the other end of this virtual telephone call that we do every week. How are you? I'm very happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. I won't carry on just in case. Uh, I mean, that's, I'm already going to get the fussy editors going to be unhappy. There's going to be clipping. There's going to be all sorts going on. Uh, but yes, hundred episodes. Who'd have thunk it, eh? Oh, well, thank goodness. I started my episode numbering with, is it with three digits? I think we're going to be in trouble if we ever get to episode a thousand, but for a hundred, we're okay. Uh, well, we can just go into a different base system then, couldn't we? I don't know how, but yeah, you'll know. You'll know something intelligent. I'm very well over here in Cyprus, mate. How are things over there in Canada? They're good. Spring is kind of sprung. I actually had a morning where it was not frozen this morning. One degree. Oof. Balmy one degree. Uh, 12 degrees Celsius yesterday, which in real numbers, I don't know what those are, but uh, it was warm. I, I walked around in just a, a hoodie, went for a walk. It was it was balmy. It's The grass is, well, starting to recover from six months of snow. It's getting green. It means a whole bunch of extra work for me, but that's okay. I'll take it for some heat. Finally. Oh, you must be getting hours as we are way behind where we should be. Um, normally end of March, I'm beginning to, to say, oh, it's getting a bit warm, a bit hot and sweaty. Um, sort of, I guess, Fahrenheit, uh, Fahrenheit, no idea. Uh, Celsius would be probably sort of mid twenties, pushing, pushing up to the high twenties this, this time of year. And yesterday it was 15 and Blowing a hooli. Um, in golfing terms, it was a, a three or a four club wind, um, which is, that's a lot of wind, trust me. Um, I was thinking that uh, we have just alienated oh, probably 97% of our <laughs> audience with the, the clubs and stuff. Well, it's, it's, the, um, it's the sort of wind when you're out in it, it's so strong, it's exhilarating. It's just, um, and uh, Mrs. L tells me that it drives the kids at school completely bonkers. So when they go out at sort of playtime, break time, uh, they just all turn into sort of a rabble of screaming psychopaths because the, the wind just gets into their hair and into their heads and they go nuts. It's great. Um, so I loved that. And then I came home to find the roof. Uh, we have a roof over our terrace. Um, well, we used to have a roof over our terrace. Oh dear. We've now we've now got a roof that's um well there's there's some string and some nails involved in holding down the sort of westerly flap which the wind was trying to rip off. So yes, big job for the insurers coming up. Oof, that sounds expensive. Hmm. And time consuming. Yay. Yes. Yeah, the admin is a pain in the I mean uh, I've got two insurance claims going on at the moment, so guess what my premiums could be like next week. But um, I've got a car one for for Mrs. L's um, little argument with a pillar, and now this this house one, and the, it's the same insurance company which I won't name. But the car insurance one is fill in a form and then wait. 
um, uh, our risk assessor will be in touch and he'll want to come and see everything. And once he's happy, you can go ahead. Okay, all right, fine, whatever you like. And then the home insurance one with the same company is, uh, okay, so what happened and how much is it going to cost to fix it? So, so I've written, uh, this is what's happened. I've got no idea what it's going to cost to fix it. Um, so what's your total claim? Um, well, it'll be whatever they charge me to fix it, but I don't know what they're going to charge me to fix it because I'm reporting this on the day that it happened. And now I'm going to try and get some quotes from reputable people. And uh, I don't understand the logic of why they should be so different, but there you are. Um, all of that stuff is just a pain in the backside, but still. Very first world problems to have. Very first world problems to have. Very much. Um, and while we're, while I'm here in follow-up, I'll do do my last bit of follow-up. I, I submitted just about an hour ago the group paper for my applied leadership course. Um, and after all my sort of moaning and whinging and fears, uh, it went really well. Oh, good. Your, your 12 words did a uh, pretty, pretty good job of uh, finishing off that paper, huh? Well, because we had um, uh, Kate, who sort of weighed in with, you know, here's the paper. Um, uh, we then assigned different parts to each other to sort of rewrite, and uh, that all went reasonably well. I mean, it was like 400 words each, so boom. Uh, then we had another little chat, and I said, okay, well, uh, no offense to anyone. I, d I don't mean any offense to non-English speakers, but um, this is my native tongue. It's not yours. Um, do you want me to do the the sort of the proof, the idiom, the, the, the grammar, all of that sort of jazz. Um, and I sort of flicked my hair back and said, oh, and I'm a writer as well. Um, and they went, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, cool. You, you crack on, fat boy, get on with it. Um, and so I did all that. And then we had a meeting today for everybody to sort of comment on the changes. And everybody went, that's great. I thought, oh, well, good call. Thanks. <laughs> good talk. Uh, so we've, we've put that in. Uh, and that's kind of me now, sort of, maybe off really for, I think I start again at the end of May is my next course, but now the, the clock is ticking on my dissertation. Oh, yes. Um, for which I've got to give a big thank you to the same person as you're going to thank in your follow-up. So what's your follow-up? Well, I wanted to thank Lisa S. Uh, uh, she, I threw in a little bit of a note that I was struggling with Annie Paul Murphy's Extended Mind, uh, a book that I've been, it's, it's been on my reading pile for far too long, one of those books. Mm -hmm. um, so she sent me her notes. Uh, she wrote it or read it, uh, wrote some notes on it. Boom. Um, I now have a beautiful PDF email that I can read and skip most of the stuff that is in the book which is great the book is well i'm i'm happy that i don't have to deal with it because i don't know about you i don't want to hear the same thing 15 different ways Stu. i just want to hear them <laughs> anyway so thank you to lisa and, and she's helping you out as well right yeah um after our little chat about my uh dissertation topic she came back with some really useful notes um and I, I sort of had another little uh, entitled wine back and she very patiently said, well, you know, maybe this, maybe that. You should look at this. You should look at that. Um, and I followed her advice and reached out to some, uh, some clients, some, some connections uh, who all said, yeah, we'll talk to you about, uh, about this and about that. 
um, to the extent that I'm now sort of reconsidering my questions, which uh, is all part of the process, I'm told. So I come up with a question, I get everything sorted out, I write 3,000 words explaining why I want to talk about this question, and then my professor is likely to go, no, talk about this instead. Um, but anyway, it, it's moving forward. I see a way forward. I have a roadmap uh, a la Cal Newport. I've got a plan, little milestones to hit. Uh, so yes, 15,000 words, pity, pity, pity the poor professor that's going to have to read those. Um, but there you are. That's what they sign up for, I guess. So yeah, huge thank you to Lisa S. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also got an, e- an email from Rath. Uh, he sent over a really cool, but I'm not sure it works for me, titanium multi-tool ruler pen. I, it's It's got everything in it, including a screwdriver. Um, not sure... Yeah, I like some of the design. Have you ever heard of this Yanko design before, Stu? Uh, I thought I had, but I'm not sure, hmm. to be honest. Um, because I, I, like you, I think I sort of logged on and had a look at the video. It's a nice little video showing what this, this thing does. Um, and I guess the way I would describe my reaction is that people would have heard of something like a Swiss Army knife. You know, one of those knives that does everything. Mm-hmm. Uh I hate those. Mm. I, I, I have a knife that acts as a knife. Uh, it's got a blade. Um, it's got a lock on the blade so that I don't um, close it on my fingers. Um, and it's it's made by Opinel. It's French, wooden, wooden handled. That's my sort of thing. Once you get into multi stuff, I struggle a bit. And I looked at this and thought, no, I would use that once and then it would disappear into a drawer and never be seen again. Mm. What did you think of it? I, I like parts of it. I like some of the utility. The biggest problem I have is that it you're basically holding on to a ballpoint refill that sticks out by about an inch. Mm-hmm. And that would just bother. I, I'm not sure where I would hold it or how comfortable I would find it. Any flex in that would drive me absolutely nuts so i think raf's gonna try it so hopefully i'll give us some feedback and let us know cool it is different it is cool uh there's a link in the show notes if anybody's interested in it there you go splendid i'm fascinated about this next bit this is a show note i i hadn't seen before we started yeah speak to me tell me more i got something cool yesterday Stu. i got a letter in the mail splendid um, you may have have heard about this thing that I got called a letter. Uh, no, I moved up here 2020. Let's go back to COVID because we all remember that. Um, Stu and I used to write each other uh, regularly. And I went to the post office in, I don't know, somewhere in 2020 and uh, masked up and gloves on and, you know, the whole bit. It was very early in the pandemic. We didn't know what was going on. Uh, but I tried to send Stu a letter, basically complaining about not having anywhere to go. And Canada Post sent it back and said, oh, no, you can't send mail to Cyprus. Cyprus is not accepting mail from Canada because it's got goodies. I, and after that, I don't think Stu and I, we kind of, because we talk all the time, we kind of got out of sending letters. And I got a letter from Stu yesterday. And it was lovely, the experience of opening it up and looking at it. 
I got to write more letters. Stu, do you do a lot of letters, Stu? Or is, uh, did you find that you kind of got out of it as well? Uh, well, I have a few people that I, um, I, I have a regular, but not necessarily frequent uh, correspondence with. So uh, Amanda, Amanda Fleet, my writing buddy, she does the writing, I do the buddy. Um, we exchange letters and actually it's my turn. Um, I mean, part of the problem is that Cyprus being Cyprus, um, snail mail really is snail mail here. So I must have I must have posted that to you, what, a month ago, perhaps? Um, and, uh, you know, were, were you to reply? I don't, I don't know if Cyprus still thinks Canada Mail has, has cooties, I don't know. Um, then it would probably take two months to get here. So um, I quite like that, actually. It, it sort of amends your writing style. Um, so yeah, I, I have, um, a correspondence going on with Amanda, uh, with my friend Stu in Ireland. Um, easy name to remember. Uh, and those are the regulars. And then I have a few sort of, you know, others that I do. I, I, I get into a bit of a, uh, I suppose some momentum, a streak starts. I think, okay, I'm going to write a letter. Oh, I'll write another one. I'll write one there. I'll write one there. Um, uh, what I can't do is send anything else to you. So if I want to send you a parcel, I have to go to FedEx or something. Oof. Um, Cyprus, Cyprus Post won't won't uh, won't deal with any parcels to Canada. I, I think it's probably just too far. But can't throw it that far. Engine. Yeah, I'm guessing I mean, uh, that must be the issue. Hmm. Um, but no, it's it, I, look. You you know me. I I love writing letters. I think it's great. I mean, my handwriting's awful, but um, I think it's just nice to to send someone a letter. Because as you say, that experience of receiving one and opening it up, think, oh, you know, somebody's thinking about me. Oh, this is what this person's doing. And oh, well, that's a stupid question. Or, you know, whatever it is, it's just, it's just a moment, isn't it? It's nice. Mm. Uh, apart from the fact it was addressed to the fussy editor, we have to talk about that. <laughs> Listen, that was a phrase not coined by me, I hasten to add. No, it's, it's all good. I, I just uh, thought I'd mention it because... I haven't had that joy in a little while and uh, I got to get back into letter writing. If anybody out there, uh, you're probably stationary nerds like us, eh, write some letters. You're going to make somebody else's day on the other end. Absolutely. For sure. And then I got a problem, Stu. Oh, what's that? My wife listened to our show. Uh, well, Cindy has always been my favorite. I mean, absolutely sterling work from Cindy, just in case she listens to another. Oh, which show did she listen to? Uh, she listened to the show on boredom, uh, where I made the comment oh. of her packing up the, the RV when we were going uh, camping uh -huh. with tools. Mm -hmm. um, oof, boy, I, I, I didn't realize she listened to the show. Um, that is always a dangerous thing. It's... Whew, I, I was uh, I was sweating a little bit last night when she told me she listened to the show, mm -hmm. and pointedly um, pointed out that why why she doesn't like being bored. I was like, yeah, okay, that's the whole point. I enjoy it. There's a time and a place for it. But hi, honey, if you're listening. <sighs> hi, Cindy. Great to have you aboard. It's it's good to know that it's not just my dogs that listen. Mm. Oh, and Lisa S. and Raf. <laughs> crazy anyway it was uh it was a weird moment um i don't know did your did your wife ever listen to the show uh no i think she's listened to um maybe one eighteen fifty seven. um 
And that was probably because TJ and I filmed, well, not filmed, wouldn't film, film it at all, but recorded it live um, in a hotel in Belfast way back when, in the early days. The first time TJ and I ever met face-to-face, we recorded a podcast um, and she was sitting there. So she kind of listened to a bit of that. Um, but other than that, no, she's, um, in many ways, this will be the one that she does listen to. Um, if she doesn't, because I'm about to say, I'm about to do what you did regarding Cindy and say, mm. that's um, the way it works, isn't it? That's the way to get your wife to listen is, uh, it seems to be say something that is probably going to get you in trouble and put it in public radio. Yeah. What, while I am striving to maintain an old fashioned attention span, uh, by coming off social media, for example, my wife is leaning into uh, modernity and um, she gets up at, well, we both get up practically at 05.15 um, and she spends the first 30 minutes of her day on Facebook, um, drinking coffee and just, uh, I'm hesitant to say doom scrolling, but um, it's, um, yeah. What else is there on social media lately? Well, I'm delighted to say, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, mm. and so the idea of sitting down and listening to you and I talk nonsense for an hour and a bit, then no, no, I don't think she has the attention span for that sort of thing anymore. But that's probably safer for all of us. <laughs> Almost certainly. Hey, what's happening with Chicago, by the way? Oh, Chi Chi. Yes. Um, well, the uh, Chichi is listed, if you like, with a shelter uh, and with a charity on the aforementioned Facebook. And a woman in England who previously adopted a dog from Cyprus on that website or through that charity um, recently lost that dog, which was a uh, pocket pointer, which is what Chichi is. And she saw the photos of Chi-Chi and went, oh, oh, I'd really like to have, oh, yes. So she got in touch um, and then there was a frantic exchange of messages between um, uh, Mrs. L, the charity, and this lady, um, all about Chi-Chi and what, you know, what she's up to, where, where she is in life, as it were. Um, and, yeah, the lady is uh, wants to adopt her. So we now have to put in place the sort of final bits of admin. So I need to go and get her. She has a health book, but she now needs to get that upgraded to a passport, uh, which means that she needs another sort of special shot and that she needs a rabies shot. Uh, and then 21 days after that, she's able to fly to the UK. Um, the charity handles all that. Um, I mean, no, the charity doesn't fly the dog, but uh, the charity gets the dog into the the crate and through the veterinary inspections and all that stuff and onto a plane. Um, and hopefully Chi-Chi will have her forever home by the end of April. That's that's the plan. Lovely. I'm just thinking, though, putting Chi-Chi with her um, racehorse-style peeing in a crate. Oh, poor girl. Yeah, well, I mean, funnily enough, um, because of the way, you know, dogs interact with crates, um, certainly when we brought Nero over from the UK to Cyprus, um, there were there were no accidents, as we dog owners say. 
Um, and that's largely because it's, oh, this is my bed as of now. And therefore, well, I'm not going to pee here or pee anywhere else, but I'm not going to pee here. Um, and although much maligned, I think airline staff are pretty good. The airport guys um, do um, sort of make the time to, to to exercise the dogs if there's any delays or anything like that. So um, with a bit of luck, should be okay. It's a five-hour flight from Cyprus to UK. Um, and they're in a, they fly in a special part of the hold, which is sort of more climate controlled. Mm. Uh, and I'm told, I'm told by the charities that the, the majority of the time the dog goes, right, so this is my reality then, and just goes to sleep. Uh, and then sort of wakes up and goes, oh, I'm in a new place. This is exciting. Oh. Uh, and takes it from there. This would not be Coco flying. I'm just saying that. <laughs> well, indeed. Um, I mean, uh, there is the other point, of course, that the, the dog has very little choice in any of this. So, um, but you know, I think um, she's still very, very timid. Um, she uh, any sudden movements, and she's off like a rocket. She gets very, very concerned if I close the door behind her, so she feels trapped. Um, but you know, I can, I can. Uh, the last few days, I've had her out with the other two, so. Um, I, I feel like a sort of Canadian sledder um, in that I've got these three dogs out in front of me dragging me up the hill. Um, but uh, yeah, she, she, more attention, more um, sort of affection, I think will will really benefit her. And she's she's a lovely, lovely dog. She takes treats very, very gently. She's very mild. She only occasionally barks. Uh, and she's got uh, a little mischievous streak, so I think she'll, she'll make a fantastic pair for someone. Um, and this woman sounds like, you know, she she really wants her, so uh, hopefully it will be a big happy ending. There's, I mean, there's lots of things that go wrong between now and then, but hopefully all will be well. Excellent. Well, that's great news. Really great news. And well done, you know, helping Chi-Chi out for all this time. Uh, well, I mean, this is now the the downside of, of fostering. <laughs> it's the, I'm like... Uh, what? What do you mean? She's going? Where's she going? What? My my dog? No, no, no. She's fine. She's okay. It's all right. Uh, perhaps we just, you know, maybe maybe keep her a couple of months. You know, you, you can't help but get attached. Um, and you know, she gets on with my dogs. My dogs get on with her. They're, they're a little pack now. Um, I'm I feel part of that pack. And occasionally, Mrs. L gives us all a biscuit. Um, you know, it that. You get attached, and and that's the agony of fostering. You know, you know that the dog's going to go, but um, it's still sad when she does. I dare say I'll be all right. Kind of like parenting, you know that the kid's going to go, and you you kind of keep hoping that that day will come sooner. Oh no, wrong wrong story. <laughs> I was going to say I had a snappy comeback, but you got there ahead. <laughs> yeah. All right, Stu. Let's get on to the regulars. What's your tool of the week this week? Uh, a simple one for me this week. Uh, I was feeling a little bit under it, um, because, well, uh, lots of things going on at the same time, I, some of which I'm not going to share, but I was just feeling overwhelmed and I sat down with the notebook and the pen and said, okay, let's just, just, just get this all out. Let's work out what's going on. Let's make a list, brain dump, and then start working through it and moving things into my task manager and uh some things just moving into the i'm not going to deal with that right now and some things going oh okay so that's my priority that's what i'm going to get i'm going to do that on tuesday i'm going to do that on thursday and suddenly the world 
seemed okay again. I was, I was not underwhelmed, but I was no longer overwhelmed. You were just whelmed. Whelmed. What about you? What's been your tool of this week? Well, it was actually Lisa's book summary that was my tool of the week. If a book doesn't resonate, it's okay to stop. I should have given up on this book weeks ago. Uh, but I kept per perse persevering. This book was so highly recommended by people that, well, I generally respect their opinions of. Um, but, oh, my God, was it a slog for me. So, mm. um, yeah, I've got cliff notes. I've got confirmation from the cliff notes that I'm, I'm not missing the magic idea that, ever, that called out to everyone else. And you know what? I'm okay. Been different. Admitting some things don't work for me. I'm looking at you, Star Trek Picard. Um, yeah, just let it go. And letting it go is a good feeling. Okay, I've got a couple of questions on this. What are cliff notes? Oh, you oh, you poor English people. Um, so in North America. Scottish, please. You you don't speak like a Scotsman. So. This is true. We're not going to go to linguistics. Um, there is a company that called Cliff Notes, or Cliff, I think it is, that makes a book, uh, little thin books called Notes that tell you all of the important stuff that happened in one of those uh, academic readings you had to do in high school. Um, okay. So if you didn't actually read the book because it was, well, they're generally crap and boring and you know even if you do read it you miss all the points that you're supposed to know the cliff notes gives you the short summary of the book and tells you the points that you're likely to get questioned about from an english teacher okay so that's now all been packaged up rebranded and called blinkist pretty much yes um okay but Go yeah ahead. so th these were great things that uh i i i relied on heavily for some of those readings that one had to do well there we go you see i learned something every day which is always good and on the book thing i have to say i was uh, as is so often the case with you and i i was having a parallel experience where um i was reading a book called can't hurt me by david goggins mm -hmm. um i don't know if you've heard of this fellow um he, i mean he's a he's a big big lad um uh, an athletic specimen, it has to be said. He was a Navy SEAL, which is, uh, I think is American for very, very good at killing people. Um, he'd been through an enormous amount. You know, by the time he was 10, he'd been through uh, more than, than anyone should have to go through in a lifetime. Um, and it didn't really get an awful lot better. But um, the, the premise of the book essentially is that, that you know, you can do anything. And I've, I've written that in capital letters in the show notes because a lot of this book shouts at you. Oof. Um, there's, there's a thing called an accountability mirror. So, Justin, you've got to look yourself in the accountability mirror and you've got to, you've got to man up and get on with it as a Navy SEAL would. Ooh, that sounds painful. Um, mm, yeah, and so having, I mean, he essentially decided he wanted to be a Navy SEAL, although he didn't like water, couldn't swim, and was grossly overweight, about 300 pounds, um, which in itself is an interesting... I mean, I'd love to work out how he... 
got to that decision. But anyway, um, he, you know, he went off and lost all the weight and got fit and pushed through. And um, he had several injuries. He had pneumonia. He blew his knee. He did an enormous amount of damage to himself trying to become a Navy SEAL to the extent that he had to do the infamous hell week uh, not once and not twice, but three times to become a SEAL. Um, and after that, um, he went off and did SEAL type stuff, which is, you know, thank you for your service, sir. Um, he then decided he was going to get into ultra running, uh, which I've always thought is running for lunatics. That's been my sort of subtitle for ultra running. Well, any running is for people that are lunatics, isn't it? Unless somebody's chasing you. I can forgive people that say, you know, oh, you know, I get a great deal of pleasure out of 5K, 10K. All right, fair enough, if that turns you on. Um, I mean, Claire at Nero's Note, she's, she's off running marathons at the drop of her hat. I take my eye off her for a couple of days and that's it, she's gone. She's running from Salisbury to Winchester. Nonsense, all silliness. But ultra is, is even worse. It's like 100 miles. We're going to do a 100-mile run. To which the obvious question, why? Mm, I get that. Um, and, and then as you get get further into it, you find out that what this does to your body, it means that, that when you go for PP, it's mostly blood. Oh, yay. And, and I, I'm thinking, okay, and this isn't, you know, lighting up a little bulb in your head saying perhaps you shouldn't be doing this. Anyway, I won't go any further, but it's, it, it, the accountability mirror is back. There's lots of capitals and lots of shouting. And uh, I mean, hoo ha! And I'm like, yeah, yeah, David, thanks. Thanks. Brilliant. And again, thank you for your service and go get it. But no, no, not interested in hearing this anymore. Goodbye. And uh, that that's the end of David and I's relationship, which, I, you know, I dare say he doesn't miss me and I certainly don't miss him. Did you ever read anything by that uh, Jocko Willenick, I think his name is? I think the name enough would be enough to say, no, I don't think I'm going to bother with that. I, he's an ex-Navy SEAL. Willink, oh, another Willink, one. that's it. Um, yeah, he does a lot of pictures of him working out in his books. And mm -hmm. um, probably, actually, his book was recommended by the same people that recommended the book that I abandoned. So uh, note to myself, stop listening to them for book recommendations. Uh, but exactly. yes, he, he basically yells at you the same way. So it must be a SEAL thing that they do. The um, yeah. Mm, yeah. I get, look, we're going to go around in circles, but you're quite right. If a book isn't working for you, there are... I don't know how many books, but it's in the billions now. Um, you're not going to read 1% of the best 1%, so you can afford to miss out on a book every now and again. Mm. All right. What's your pen and ink of the week, Stu? Uh, well, I inked up. I'm going to just reach and get it now. Um, my uh, it's Pelican M805 Blue June. So 805 means it's a big boy. This is a big grown-up pen. Uh, this one is a broad nib, I'm going to say. Is it a BB? No, it's a broad. Um, and I've got it side by side with my uh, Vibrant Orange M600. So I've got a little Pelican gang here um, with my Sailor Pro Gear Sapporo. So three really nice nibs in play at the moment. Oh, lovely. Um, and this is, I've, I've put Edelstein, which is posh Pelican, uh, Star Ruby um in in the broad nib so that makes a lovely thick pink line it's lovely very nice I'm just writing with it there um what about you you've 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 gone into something 
Well, interesting. Well, I'm back in my Nakaya head. My, my Nakaya, I love it. It's my default Mont Blanc uh, blue, Midnight Blue in there. It's a blue-black. And I was actually using this thinking, you know, this could be the one pen to rule them all for me. It's that nice. I love it. Why? What, what, what's lovely about the Nakaya? Well, Nakaya, this is uh, an Arushi uh, Aki Tanamori, I think is the official name for it. It is gorgeous. It has, uh, Arushi has a, a finish to it that feels nice in the fingers. It looks beautiful. You can see the parts where it's a little darker, where it's a little lighter. The nib is fantastic on it. Um, this was custom ordered uh, through Nakaya directly. And they have a one-page questionnaire on how you hold your pen how you write, what angle, what, you know, um, do you, where do you hold it? Everything like that. And they customize this nib for me. They tune it to such a degree. It just feels so right. It's the right weight. It's the right length. This one is a long, so it fits very nicely in my, in my hands. It's just such a beautiful pen to, to hold, to write with, to use uh, it has a nib that would drive stew absolutely crazy because it's so fine but it's just absolutely lovely it's imperfect as well because it's handmade arushi um, and that just adds a little bit of love and care to it it's it's hard to explain unless you hold something like this that is handmade in your hand just what it really feels like. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I mean, I'm I'm not in a financial position to uh, go and order one, but uh, it's I've never ever held one. I've always been scared of them. So um, next time I'm uh, adjacent to a pen show, I think I'm going to have a little little look see, a little play around with a Nakaya or two. Yeah, you know, it's really one of those. Part of it is the experience and the waiting for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, this one, I think took three to four months to get, Sure. uh, and this one, they actually expedited it for me, um, because, well, this was a birthday present from my wife. Uh, but yeah, they, they're usually about a six month wait for these. Uh, they're just, they're just amazing. And if you can order one directly from Nakaya, it is a traditional Japanese service experience. They are so polite. They are so kind. Um, their follow-up is amazing. Uh, just absolutely amazing pen. Um, you know, I've I've got the Mont Blancs and everything. The Mont Blancs are nice. They're expensive. Mm -hmm. This one, been handmade, makes all the difference. You know, sure. Yeah. It's it's the you know you can look at it and you can turn it in the light, and you can see that well you know. Little bits of Arushi, this is a little darker than this bit. And that just adds to it in a way that uh, is hard to hard to explain. Hmm. Well, as I say, I want to get a couple in hand just so I can get a feel for them. Um, and then, yeah, I, I don't mind the, the weight. As you say, it's all part of it to work out exactly what it is you want and, uh, and buy it direct from, well, I suppose, the kings of pens. I mean, these, these guys have 
got a huge reputation for a reason. Mm. And huge price tags on some of them. Some of them are <laughs> some of them are gorgeous, but they're into that sort of uh fifteen to eighteen thousand dollar US mark. It's a little sure. above what I can afford to do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've you know, the only place I've seen them is with um a um a pen dealer called Sarge, who people who go to pen shows in the States will know. Um and people who go to pen shows in Europe will know he goes to all of them. Um, and he had a couple on his desk. Um, yeah, what you do is you look for Sarge's wife, whose name I don't know, I'm afraid, but she's at the middle of the table. And the tray in front of her is the one that's got all the money on it. <laughs> that's where you will see, um, you know, four or five big cigar-shaped Nikayas with price tags that will make your eyes water. Yes, this is not one of those, but uh, it's still a lovely one. Mm, yeah. All right, Stu. Episode 100. So we wanted to talk about our noting, our journaling, our kit, methods, benefits. Really kind of look at note-taking because at the end of the day, it's kind of what we do, right? This is about, this this whole thing is about how we take notes and how we use that to stay productive and mm. the whole bit. It's what got us chatting really, wasn't it? It, it really was, yeah. It's all, it's all about, all about the stationary. What are you using at the moment, Stu? Any thoughts on mm. noting, journaling? What are you using? Yeah, I mean, I I suppose I've reconciled myself now. I'm I'm comfortable with the idea that these things can happen uh, in two different worlds, or what I see as two different worlds: the digital world and the analog world. And um, sort of the last several years, I've been sort of vehemently analog. You know, the I, I want to take notes on paper. I want to use pencils. I want to use pens. Um, I wanted notebooks so much I bought a company that, that sells them. Um, that type of sort of approach. But simultaneously, I found myself being drawn to more and more of the digital workflows that I guess my corporate life I was more familiar with. So... Um, I've always had a little bit of analog in my corporate life, first of all, because I'm old enough where that was the only option. Um, and secondly, because those things sort of, sort of stayed through the digital revolution of the office. Um, but also being an Apple fanboy, I guess, um, and having all of that nice kit and all of those nice apps, there are some, some wonderful things that happen in both spaces. So, um, it's only recently really that I've been quite settled in, okay, I can do both. And the, the key difference for me, um, I think it's similar for you is that the digital ability to back up and archive and search that is just unbeatable. The idea that I can write a note, put it into my system and I could I could fly over to Canada to come and see you and Cindy, and I could go onto your computer and I could access my note. Wow. In the frozen north, I could still do it. And I wouldn't need to bring 700 notebooks and 400 pens. I could just come on my own with my password in my phone. Perfect. So for things that I want to be able to do that to, they will at some point end up digital. Now, I'll get to capture later because they may actually be captured analog, but that's a different different stage in the process for me. Mm. Things that um, I'm not particularly interested in archiving or searching, um, 
I'm happy just to do pure analog. And an example of that would be journaling. Uh, I'm not one to keep my journals. Uh, I did. I did keep several years worth and they, they sort of sat on a, a bookshelf and looked very neat because they were all the same book. Um, and they had sort of dates written on them in Sharpie down the, down the sort of pages. Um, and I thought, yeah, yeah, these are, these are amazing. I'll be able to, this is a, a reference library. And then I sort of flicked through one and went, this is all nonsense. Um, and I felt vaguely uncomfortable about them because sometimes I would write letters to people in these books where I was annoyed and I still do that. And it's still something I recommend. Uh, if you're really annoyed and you want to send a ferocious email to someone, write it out in longhand somewhere first, um, because you may well then find that you go, do you know what? I feel better now. I don't, I don't even send that. Um, and I thought, well, you know, what if this falls into someone's hands and they read it? I'm like, mm, yeah, it, it, they are by definition, not an accurate picture of what I'm feeling because they tend to focus on, um, on things that are annoying me or upsetting me, which well, I suppose that tells a different story. But uh, so journals, I do analog. I've tried digital. I have a day one account. I've got lots of entries in it. Um, and I have a little spurt where for a month or two, I'll, I'll, I'll write down, oh, you know, I did this lovely walk and there's a photo and, you know, that's all very nice. Um, and they've got great functionality where they can sort of refresh this. They can bring these memories back up and show you photos and entries from a year ago and on this day, you know, it's great and all that, but it was, it was so, um, I think performative is the word I would use. It's like, Oh, look, you know, I've got this great photo. Mm, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel genuine to me. Whereas just pouring out into a book with a, with a nice pen, um, kind of, kind of grounds me i think that's that's what it does so that's where my split is i i sort of i do both i'm happy with both um and the the, the difference is that sort of permanence what about you do you have you sort of leaned one way or the other analog digital i hadn't really thought about it until we were preparing for this show surprisingly enough uh and i just find that if it's for me for me only, or it's ephemeral, it's going to be analog, which mm -hmm. is your journaling. It is uh, my to-do list. It's, you know, it's my priority list, uh, just to annoy Stu with priority, having more than one thing on the list. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I have a, a weekly journal that I, I use to figure out what I'm going to do this week. Um, if it's going somewhere else or it's for somewhere else, it's likely going to be digital. And this is just sort of a default that I've got to, and I haven't really thought about the why. Um, interestingly enough, I find lately I'm going away from just using things because they're pretty, they're new, they're shining, uh, mm. just to using the things I enjoy and there's, there's a whole lot less interest that I currently have in trying new things, whether that's a new software system, whether that's a new notebook, whether that's a new pen. I'm just kind of happy with where I am right now. Am I getting old, Stu? Maybe that's it. I don't know. 
It could be, but I mean, I also find it goes in seasons for me as well. So there are times where I think, where I feel a little bit stale with whatever, whatever I'm using. Um, so uh, right now I am journaling in, uh, it's a half leather BOMO art um, book. So it's beautiful. It's a beautiful notebook with a great cover. It's a uh, Budapest themed cover. And it's a B5, uh, which in, uh, in imperial measurement is bloody big. Um, so it's, it's not as big as a four, but it's bigger than a five. So it's, it's, I suppose you, in the old days, you would call it a desk book. It's not the sort of book you would happily carry around with you. Um, and the one I've got, the paper is vellum. It's lovely. Um, and it's, it's plain blank unlined. And there's something about that size and that ruling and that paper, which is just intimidating to me mm. um my my handwriting gets messier the lines go all you know random uh and the vellum sort of sucks ink from the pens and i'm just oh i uh, i've sort of struggled through with it when there have been periods like with a couple of weeks i've just not not gone near it and i find that doesn't happen when i'm using an a5 um, and an A5 with smoother paper. So I'm going to switch out t- tomorrow as we record, because we're recording on the 30th of March. No, not tomorrow, on Saturday. So the 1st of April, I will move into another book. Um, and that's very unusual for me. I, I usually finish off books. but mm. um, a-, a la David Goggins. <laughs> I'm just going to say, nope, I'm going to leave this one to one side. I, I may use the second half of something else, but... Um, so, so what do you use your notebooks for? What are you using as a capture system? Well, the capture system for me, um, I, I accept that I have the ability to do it digitally. So um, I have Tot on my um, iPhone, which is a little, uh, it's a tiny little notes app. You can, you've got sort of seven rolling notes, as it were. Uh, it's just kind of cool. Um, and it's got uh, a nice sort of Mac companion. Uh, so I use that, um, if I'm, I suppose if I'm busy, um, I will remember something that either doesn't live in my task manager. If it lives in my task manager, I'll just put it straight into the task manager. So it goes into things, but if it's just a note of thought, um, and I'm, I'm going between places, I might just tap it into my phone or heaven for fend dictated into my phone. Although I don't do that very often. Ooh, yeah, exactly. Um, but mostly. I, I, I'm back into the habit of carrying a pocket notebook now. And if I'm sitting having a coffee or just had lunch or, um, you know, just having a drink out with uh, Mrs. L or friends, then if something occurs to me, I may well just scroll something down in the, in the notebook. And that might be something I observe. It might be something I overhear. It might just be a thought that comes to my mind. Uh, and I quite like capturing it in the notebook um, because of what we were talking about earlier, that it's it's impermanent, um, it's meaningless. The the test of that note is whether at the end of the week I feel moved to put it into a digital system. Mm. Um, otherwise, it might just be, yeah, I'm happy to let that one just flow away, or I'll look at it and go, oh, hang on, no, I want to remember that because it's going to feed into a book or, or whatever. Um, so, yeah, a pocket notebook, Clearly, um, I'm spoiled for choice. I mean, I haven't bought any new pocket notebooks for several years, and I'm looking currently at 
I don't know, 30, 30 packs over there that I can see on top of my um, little chest. So I'm okay for notebooks for a little while. Um, and at my desk, I use a bigger version of that. So either A5 or currently I'm in um, a Blackwing. So that will be um, Imperial measurement. So 10 inch by seven and a half inch, the Blackwing Summit. Um, which is, it's really nice paper, actually. I, I, I really like it. Works well on my fancy pens. Um, and that I use as a everything book. So uh, it's at my desk while I'm working. I will, very often, I will sort of start the day with uh, some sort of gratitude thought, try and get myself in a, in a positive frame of mind. And I might write down my priority. I might uh, have a little think with my pen, you know, thinking with your pen, as it were. Um, I might just, on a phone call, take notes. I'm taking uh, notes for, for the show in here at the moment. I've just signed something, signed my name three times, and I've written what angle in several pens. As you were talking about the Nakaya, I was going, oh, what angle do I write at? Um, <laughs> uh, you know, that that type of thing. Um, and those are sort of my, my go-tos. And then I do have project notebooks that I use for specific projects. And to complicate things even more, I've still got my Remarkable, uh, which is the sort of digital version of a project notebook stroke, scratch notebook stroke, everything. Um, but really, it's those two. For capture, it either goes into my desk book um, or it will go into one of my pocket notebooks, which I don't really ever open when I'm in the house or at my desk. Yeah, I understand that one. What about you? Where are you capturing? Well, I've I've realized that I am always at my desk. If I'm working, I'm at my desk. Usually that's where I want to capture something. So I have a, a notebook on my desk for planning, for quick notes. I do a lot digitally now, which is, you know, I'm here at a computer. If it's something that, again, needs external reference or something that may, may be needed to uh, share with anybody else, it all goes digital. I capture very little outside of here. Um, I've realized that the pocket notebook, the idea of going away with that is a distraction for me. You know, let's say I'm out with Mrs. T, we go somewhere, we sit down, we have dinner. I don't want to have my phone out. I don't want to have a pocket notebook out. I don't want to have a pen. I don't want to be fidgeting. I just want to enjoy that moment. And so I'm kind of looking at that and I've got away completely for capturing things, capturing thoughts. You know what? I'm just going to capture the, I'm going to enjoy them for what they are. If it's something important, it'll come back to me. And it's fine. I, it's weirdly, it's, something that I wasn't doing again. I think this is sort of the post COVID world working from home. You don't necessarily go as many places. Um, you know, if I'm going somewhere, let's say I'm going out in the truck camper, I'm taking a notebook that I can sit and journal at. But if I'm out doing something, you know, I, I very rarely go out for a coffee or anything like that. Uh, partially because, well, I live somewhere that doesn't have a Starbucks for an hour drive. Uh, so, you know, these are the things I deal with. Um, and I just 
have got away from a lot of capture. If I need to capture something, I'll put it in my task manager, you know, a lot of that digital stuff. But uh, really, I'm okay not capturing a whole lot of anything outside of, mm -hmm. outside of my office. Well, there you go then. What are you using for digital tools? Are you using uh, Tot? Are you still using anything for capturing your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, I say the actual capture element might be might be analog more than digital. Although uh, Tot is my backup, um, I still use Obsidian, um, but Obsidian is very much Mac first. Um, there is an iOS version. It's it's a little bit clunky, I guess. Um, and Obsidian is, if you like, where I like to keep um, all of the the bits and pieces that have occurred to me. Um, the the things that turn into blog posts or or books, um, I'm still using that one that I've mentioned a couple of times before called Paper. Um, mm, yes, which is uh, there's a sort of uh, well, I suppose it's slightly overpriced. Would be fair. Um, it it's just very elegant. It's very stripped down writing environment. It's, uh, in my case, a bright white screen with a flashing cursor. That's kind of it. Um, and it writes in Markdown. Uh, everything is saved as, as uh, text files in my hard drive. Uh, I love it. So that, that's where I actually sort of write things. Um, I could do that in Obsidian, but Obsidian, getting that sort of stripped down, bare look, you can do it, but it's a bit of work. Um, and it can be a bit awkward then with the, all the functionality that I enjoy in Obsidian. So Obsidian is, to me, is like a little workshop. It has all sorts of tools spread all over the place, um, and I can use them and I can link things and I can categorize things and get an idea of, of you know, how my thoughts are coalescing. But when I actually want to write something that is going to be an output, then I, I take it to paper just because... Or a, I can, and B, because I like that that writing experience. Um, so those are the three mostly. I mean, I still, you know, if you said to me, Stuart, I'm afraid you're going to have to work with Ulysses for the rest of your life. Okay, great. I mean, so it's a wonderful app. Um, IA Writer, likewise, you know, very stripped down, very minimal. I just, I just love the the look and feel of paper at the moment. Very nice. Uh, by which I mean the paper app, as well as the look and feel of paper, which I do like too. Um, I haven't tried it, mostly because I don't think I can afford it. <laughs> well, it's um, you know, it's it's one of those where you um, you it does work on iOS and Mac. It all combines very nicely. Um, you pay separately for Mac and iOS. Um, and you know, the developer sort of helped me out with that because I made some complaint on a blog post. Um, and he sort of, he, uh, allowed me to, to look at the iOS sort of functionality for free. Uh, and all it did was confirm to me that I'm not particularly interested in the iOS functionality. Um, final production for me, the production of output happens on a Mac and uh, I don't really need to access paper, uh, on, on iOS, even though you know, I think it's a pretty good app. Uh, it's just, that's not where I write. I don't want to be, you know, thumb typing on an iPhone. It's just, I don't see the point. Um, so when I'm capturing, what I'm aiming to do really is just grab those thoughts that, that sort of fleetingly pass or grab those observations or turn 
idle conversation, idle thought, idle time into something more concrete. And I take, I get what you're saying about um, being careful not to let that dominate. Um, and for me, uh, you know, I'm particularly at the moment, as as previously mentioned with with Mrs. L, I'm like, okay, we're out. Should we should we maybe just agree to put our phones away, um, lest she be sort of you know dragged into a Facebook conversation with someone. Um, at which point, you know, I could literally die the other side of the table and you wouldn't notice. Um, and if something comes up, because we're, we're talking again about how we see, I suppose you call this the third trimester of life that we're, we're now entering, um, of, of where we want to be and how we want to live, et cetera. And so, uh, occasionally it's really handy then to have a little notebook and, and take some, some things down. Not that I can say, right, on the 15th of May, you said but just so that I can take those thoughts away and, and develop, um, you know, how we're thinking. And I do the same when I'm, when I'm working at my desk. So I might be doing something here and my mind is a terrible thing. I, I don't need things like social media because my brain distracts me enough um, and goes off onto weird and wacky tangents. And just having that notebook here that I can write things down helps me stay focused um, because I can just say, all right, there's a thought. I'll put it down there. I don't have to think about it anymore. Um, and the journaling side of things, I said it's very ephemeral. It's not something I'm going to keep. That's really about working out my mood. It's about working out my feelings. It's, it's about, it's almost a vent sometimes to say, okay, you know, that was crap and I didn't like that and blah, blah, blah. But, and this is where I force myself to be positive. I'll say, well, but that was really good and that went really well. Um, and sort of at the end of, of writing a journal entry, I tend to think, okay, all right. Yep. I, I kind of know where I am now. Um, and it makes me a lot calmer. And, and Mrs. L notices that she notices that I'm sort of, I don't know, my equilibrium is better because I can be a snappy, sarcastic pain in the ass when, when I'm, when I'm not feeling good. Um, I can, I can just really, then, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can really, really bite. And I think journaling, just helps me get that out. Uh, it's, but I don't think it has any long-term value. I've kind of settled with drafts as sort of my one place for internal notes. I'm using mm -hmm. tagging now, which is weird because for years I've not been a tagger. I've been a folder type organization person. Mm -hmm. sure. um, but it it just works. You know, I tag it. Uh, the search functionality works really well. It's good enough for the limited stuff that I'm doing. Um, it's available anywhere that I need it, whether it's, you know, on, on my watch, on my phone, on my computers. Uh, and I just find it works really well for me. Um, I archive a lot. I don't keep anything active. It's just a quick capture tool. Uh, I find that if I get into something like Obsidian, I get lost mm -hmm. uh, just trying to get it perfect. And I want to, I've gone for simplicity. I, and this hasn't been sort of a, I want to simplify my life. It's just the way that it's worked out. And I didn't really think about it until we were doing show prep. Mm -hmm. uh, I use Apple notes for key lists. Um, the nice thing about those is I can share those with anybody that generally means anything to me. If you're an Android user, well, you're probably not on my list. So uh, at least if my close personal uh, friends and family that I'm likely to share stuff with, I've got 
you know, lists for books to read. I've got a shared list of my neighbors and most importantly, their dog's names. I share that with the family. That way when we meet somebody, uh, because, well, we only meet people in the summer because winter we don't go anywhere and nobody's outside, but we meet everybody in the summer and trying to remember who everybody is, is tough. So we put their names in there. I've got packing lists for the truck, reference lists. Um, it's just a simple place to keep it. And Apple Notes has got really good. So it's it's great. I've, I've bounced back and forth. As I said, I've used Obsidian. I've tried some of these uh, online notes apps. And I just... I just want to keep it simple. Um, I've used Bear for long-form writing. I haven't done much of that lately. I, I like the fact that it's just basically the way I've got it set up. One big sheet of paper. No additional odds and ends. If I need it, I can find it. But really, it's it's very simple. I've I think I've just simplified the heck out of my system. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure why it's gone that way. But uh, hey, there you go. How do you how do you use your daily driver? Your um, because you use a uh, an A five book as well, don't you? You bet. So I, I've even simplified this. I've got a a singular daily driver. It's a a Leutch term at the moment, an A five uh, dot dot grid. Uh, I go through once a week and do a sort of a grid on it, a two-page layout uh, showing each day and the things that need to be, whether they're appointments or anything like that. This stops me from spending too much time in my calendar or spending too much time in my task manager because those things can sort of become infinity pools. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got my, I've got the most important things. I've got them scheduled. This is kind of where I do my block planning for the day, for the week. And... Then I flip over the page and I use it for notes that I need to take for things that I'm working out. And then I'll flip it over and set up another week. Uh, so it's a very, very simple process. This is generally ephemeral. Uh, I'm not mm -hmm. looking back at it. And, and this is sort of where the distinction between digital analog for me, this is my tool to help me get my stuff down. If I'm on the phone, I'm talking, I'll make a note there. Or I'll make it digital, depending what conversation I'm having. Um, so it's it's a very simple thing. I use I've got uh, currently using a Rodia um, composition notebook lined mm -hmm. for my uh, writing for my journaling. That, as Stu said, is my negative place to work out all my junk. Um, it's fine. It's again that's really me dumping out. My pluses, my wins, my losses, anything that I need to think about uh, is in there. I think I've carried the same field notes for a year or so now, Stu. Mm -hmm. Maybe a year and a half. I still haven't finished it. That's how often I go out and write notes. Um, so I've just kind of given up, you know, with that whole process. Uh, because otherwise you're carrying a note. You're making sure that your fountain pen has ink in it and... Yeah, I still I still have that, but I can I can capture something if I really need it on, say, an Apple Notes or a draft on my phone. Sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've just really really simplified uh, what I use. I, I I pick a pen and I use it till I run out of ink. Pick a pencil, I use the same one until it becomes a Steinbeck and it goes in my stub jar. 
I've really kind of got away from this idea of using things because it's stationary, using things just to try it. I, I know what I like, I know what works for me. And I'm, I'm sort of in that stage. And I think, like you said earlier, it goes in waves, but the stage of where I am at the moment, I want tools that work for me and that I don't really have to think about, you know? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm very similar in terms of, you know, notebooks for, for a long time. Obviously, I was trying out notebooks for the store and, you know, there was an element of, oh, I'm going to do some Instagram posts. So let's take a notebook that I, um, that, you know, we, we're stocking and I don't do that anymore. So there's a whole sort of set of notebooks that I have where uh, I'm looking at a couple of them thinking, yeah, I'm going to give those away because I know I'm not going to use those. If there's one of the brands and one of the sizes and one of the formats that I enjoy, I'm going to grab that. So, you know, for me, it's going to be Rodea. Um, I love the Rodea Rama, which are the sort of soft covers, the bright colors um, with a sort of vellum paper, coated paper, beautiful with fountain pens. I love those. I love the Leuch terms. They can be a little bit inconsistent paper-wise, but of late, I think they've been great. Mm-hmm. Um I've got some Smithson notebooks. We've talked about them before. Um, so they're probably worth marginally more than gold or oil, I would have thought. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely use those because they're blue paper. Um, they are, I suppose, they're quintessentially English posh notebooks. Um, and then I've got some other ones. Like I've got a couple of the Cortex brand. Um, what were they called, those those things that he the, the first product, uh, theme system notebooks. Mm. I've got a couple of those and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm not going to do anything with those. Just no, there's nothing wrong with them. Um, I'm just not wild about that format. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I sort of, I've got them cause I wanted to try them and I, I'm like, you know, I'm thinking, mm, I don't particularly want to try that. I want to use a notebook that I'm just going to enjoy and that I'm going to understand and know and, and feel comfortable with. So, yeah, similar places we're getting to, I think. Although, say, Pocket is making a comeback for me. Pocket, that is, oh, the Pocket Notebook. Yeah. Yeah, you go out a lot more than I do, Stu. You go golfing. That's true. I mean, I do I do have a notebook in my back pocket when I'm playing golf. And because our weather here is um, is kind of strange at the moment, it's, I mean, it's beautiful. It's absolutely lovely. This is like California weather, I guess in that it's perfect for walking golf. Um, I'm carrying my clubs on my back, not using an electronic trolley. Um, I'm feeling very sort of, you know, back to the roots of golf type thing. I, I'm one of those weirdos, Justin. I like playing golf on my own <laughs> as well as with other people. Um, just just me and a, a ball, a few wee barts, give it a bath. Um, and that's, that's very meditative, you know, that there are things that go through my mind. My mind sort of, gets working on problems, I think, subconsciously. Uh, and occasionally I, I just pull out um, a notebook. I mean, I saw the other day, I saw, um, I suppose it would be a sort of cypress kestrel, something like that, um, feeding its young in the top of a tree. And I'm just just struck by the beauty of it and how lucky I am to be sort of wandering around playing golf in such a place. So that type of thing. Very nice. Very nice. It's, it's weird, isn't it? How we don't talk about these things for a while and all of a sudden we end up in a similar place. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, the, the, you know, the, 
I think the analog revolution or the analog resurgence, um, people keep asking me, you know, has, is it losing its steam? No, I don't think it is. Um, I think people are settling into routines and rhythms more. Um, I think the collecting mania is maybe not as strong as it was. Um, Definitely, yes. Uh, I think that, I, I guess, sort of, you know, the economics of the world will be playing into that. Um, but no, I think people are still very passionate about uh, having nice, relatively inexpensive tools that um, they can enjoy, that they can take some pleasure of. But yeah, there's no desperate need now to come up with the perfect system. You know, you, you get your journal and you create bullet journal and you put a dot, two arrows, an upside down chevron, and that means cantaloupe. You know, I mean, it's, all of that stuff, I, I think, is probably not as, as a la mode as it was. Um, but again, for some people, that's still ex exactly where they get all their fun. And, you know, all power to them. If, if you're enjoying it, you're enjoying it. You crack on. But I'm finding that I'm settling, perhaps she's, as you say, it's old age. So they're just narrowing down things where I go, yeah, that's lovely, but I don't want it. That's, that's cool. Somebody else can have that. One of the questions that I was thinking about this for myself is that I am nowhere near a stationary store. And you've been on a little island in the Mediterranean are probably likewise situated. Sure. Um, and I think that has changed things for me because I can't go see things, handle things, you know, that, mm -hmm. that becomes a, well, I'm going to order it and hope for the best. And I've, you know, we've talked about it in the past. I've had some not great experiences, uh, since I moved up here ordering stationary. Sure. I'm, I'm just really comfortable enjoying what I use and not having to explore. I'm sure if you put me in a stationary store, well, I would walk out with a backpack full of stuff, but, uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure you're probably the same way, Stu, on that one. Well, it would have to be, um, <laughs> it would have to be quite a store, uh, or a specific brand store. That's uh, Nero's notes spoil stationary stores for me. So, mm. you know, that I can think of the big ones in the UK that I'd walk into now and go, uh, nope. Nope, nope, no, nope, nope, nope. Oh, Rodia. Oh, no, but there's better Rodia than that. that nope. <laughs> because I, I kind of know the marketplace now. So I know what I can get. Um, and, you know, if you're feeling, if you're feeling like very fine, light paper, you want Japanese and that's going to be Midori. That's going to be endless. There's, there's a few brands that produce it. Um, Odyssey is another one. Um, and you're not going to find that in most sort of big ticket stationery stores. And if you want Rodia, um, this is, this is, this is free for all the guys at Clairefontaine who own Rodia. Um, all you need to do is cut your lines by about 90%. Um, and you will easily be the top selling stationery brand in the world because, the Rodier and Claire Fontaine are just so confusing because this is massive. I mean, Claire and I have fights about who's going to do the order because it's so intimidating logging onto the site. So, okay, I want to get, let's say, um, a Rodiorama A5 notebook. So first of all, you'll have 20 plus colors to go for. Then in terms of line uh, rulings, you'll have six or seven. Then you've got bright white or vellum paper. 
uh, you know, so, so bright white or cream. Um, and then you will discover that there are eight sizes. So already you're at like, you know, 4,000 SKUs. It's like, oh, no, I don't know what to order. And so if I order blue ones, then immediately I'll get people saying, have you got any pink? Or if I order uh, the sort of lime green ones, they go, oh, no, I'm kind of more into the dark green. And, and just having one of everything is enough to break, break Nero's bank. <laughs> it's just weird. But because of that, you know, I, I would look at a lot of A5 notebooks in the shop and go, no, no, no. Because the, the stores can't carry these ranges either. And that's what's kind of spoilt it for me, I think. But put me in the Smiths and I'm, I will come out very, very poor. But actually, you don't need to buy much in the Smithson to come out very, very poor. Yeah, come out with one pocket notebook and there's your there's your budget for the year, Stu. Yeah, exactly. Come on. I guess uh, in in Canada particularly, uh, uh, and I, I think probably the U.S., when I'm talking stationery stores, I'm not talking the Office Depot type thing, the Staples. No, for sure. Um, there really aren't any chains. I, I know you guys have some in England. Mm-hmm. Um, out here... Most of the stationary stores are independent. And because of that, each one curates a different type of product, which again, for my pocketbook can be dangerous, but, uh, you know, there you go. We're keeping away from those. Not that I have a lot of choice. I got to drive for five hours before I can get anywhere close to one. And that isn't something I really want to do. Okay, we're about to ask each other the same question, benefits. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the benefit for me of, um, of journaling is that ability to get perspective. Um, I don't know if it's just me. I think it isn't. I think it's the world. Um, we, we emphasize the negative. We very easily get stressed and wound up by you know, the tribulations of life. I mean, you can hear it on this podcast, you and I whinging and whining about having to do some work or deal with an insurer or, you know, things that ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, we're very lucky to have those as problems. And I think being able just to write it down and go, oh, I've got to deal with this, I've got to deal with that, and look at it and go, oh, isn't life hard? You know, it's not as though we're going to work in a mine or anything. Um, So I think that's where journaling really helps me. It just helps me keep a perspective. And the the daily drivers, whether they be um, pocket or desk, as well as helping me capture moments, capture thoughts, capture observations, they help me, I think, work out my day, my week, um, what I want to be doing with my time. So when I'm feeling overwhelmed, which is, takes us all the way back to the start of the episode seven hours ago, um, is just the ability to say, okay, look, what's on the plate? What needs doing? What? Okay, hang on, I can move this. I can do that. All right. I mean, the other day, the other week, I was getting really, really uptight and stressed. I felt I was overloaded, and I just sat there looking at my calendar. Well, not my calendar, my my week laid out in front of me in the, in the notebook. And I went, why don't you just cancel a day's golf? And suddenly I liberate, you know, a, a full morning. I go, okay, and I'll do that and that and that. And well, everything's fine. Simple. And it was just, you know, taking that little moment with a pen, 
just to, to sketch out what was going on that, that helped me there. So it does make me more productive. It makes me more effective. Mm. Um, and I think that's the huge benefit for me. And yeah, okay, I enjoy playing with with beautiful pens and I enjoy writing on lovely paper. That's a, that's a fringe benefit, but that's that's where the benefit is for me, I think. What about you, Justin? So I, I would certainly agree with that. There's two places that the stationary thing really helps me. First one, as you said, is organizing and prioritizing my life. Really, you know, looking at things, putting them in a place just helps the clarity. I was just, uh, while we're while Stu was talking, looking at my calendar for this week and I have shared calendars and they include things that the family's doing and things, you know, it's just very busy having this simple version of uh, look at today and the three things that I want to get accomplished today that I've got time for makes my life so much easier. So that's the first thought. The second part for me is having a journal to work through my own internal junk. Um, we all have it, you know, that we can become distracted by it. We can, you know, social media and uh, get distracted and avoid dealing with it. I like to just deal with it. I like to write it down. You know, if anybody ever read my notebooks, like Stu was talking about earlier, they think that I was almost a sociopath, you know, it is absolutely crazy, but you know what? Anything negative, anything positive, I get out. I'm not going to go upstairs. I'm not going to kick the dog, yell at the wife. Um, I'm just going to get all of that bad stuff out, work through the bad, the good, just get some clarity to myself, what I'm thinking at any point. And it just helps me become less reactive in life. And that is hugely important for me. That's the big benefit out of it. It gets me productive and it gets me centered. Mm. And that's all I need it for. And honestly, I could do these things online, but online the temptation is there. That's why I don't have stuff on my phone because I can't control as much as I would like to. I'm, I'm human. You know, if I have Facebook on my phone, which I, bad example, but... If I have uh, Instagram on my phone, I, I would end up down some rabbit hole looking at uh, who knows what, you know, uh, puppies that dance around in tutus. That would be where I spent three hours of my life going at it. I'll, just using stationery allows me to be so much more present and controlled also. You know, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to journal for half an hour, I'm going to get that out. And then I'm going to go do something with the family. I'm going to go sit outside and enjoy a fire or, you know, whatever that happens to be at that moment. I'm going to do something rather than sitting there scrolling. That's my thoughts on this one. I think our benefits do are kind of our takeaways. Is there anything you wanted to add as a takeaway? Uh, yeah, look, um, I think, I think we've both said it, uh, substance over form, um, Justin and I are both sort of stationary nerds, so we take great joy in the kit. But the kit's not really where the benefit lies. The the benefit is those things that Justin has just elucidated and I, I spoke about earlier. What about you, JT? Anything to add? Yeah, do notes your own way. Do it do it the way that it resonates with you. Um, if you want to use a pocket notebook, use a pocket notebook. If you want to use your phone, use your phone. Uh, the idea is think about the way that you are 
taking notes, you're journaling, whatever that is, find something that resonates with you and don't listen to two grumpy old guys on the internet. <laughs> but before, before you stop listening to grumpy old guys on the internet, here's, here's a little tip. If you're uh, like me into essentialism, which is a book by Greg McKeown, um, and that way of thinking, uh, he has a podcast now called the Greg McKeown podcast. The trickiness is the, how you spell McKeown. It's M-C-K-E-O-W-N. Uh, if you look that up, in pretty much every episode now, he is offering uh, free access to his online course if you write a review for him on iTunes. Um, now, there's a limited number of people per episode, but uh, it's not quite as busy as certainly I thought it was going to be. Um, and so I've managed to snag myself a year's access to, to that online course. Um, and if you're interested in it, go listen to his podcast, write a review. Um, a, it's a very good podcast. Um, and B, you'll then get access to uh, a year of his course, which uh, I don't know if it's going to change the world, but it's certainly helping me think about where I want to spend my time, what, what is important to me. And Stu missed the most important part. While you're in iTunes writing a review for Greg McEwen, also look up Stacia or Jason, give us a very good review as well. Absolutely. We've never asked for reviews, have we, Justin? We've just never really got to it. Um, I'm not a reviewer, so I've, I'm not even sure how to look them up. Yeah, it's, it's way more complicated than it should be, but that is the world of Apple right now. Find your way there. Demonstrate your superior intelligence, because it is a nightmare. Uh, and write us a lovely, well, you can write us a scathing review if you like, but I think I prefer a nice review. Five stars, or thumbs up, or... <laughs> like like and subscribe you can tell where my mind is at the yeah moment. smash smash the like button and subscribe no, no it doesn't work like that but you know what I mean. all right Stu. besides at greg McEwen's new course where can people find you on the interwebs uh you can find me at stuartlennon.com which is where i um am sort of serializing my first draft of my first novel which we're nearly there now i think mm, i was wondering where it was going this morning when i read that yeah, I can't remember what I can't remember what it went out today. There's a couple more that are already written and up there. Um, so yeah, I will need to sort of um, bring it all to a to a close and then uh, work out how the hell to edit it uh, and, and where to go with it next. Um, so you can read that there and also my thoughts on all sorts of things. So at the moment, I've been marveling at the French just because I, I'm a francophile. I love the French. Um, who've just been going absolutely bananas because the president wants to move the retirement age, get this, from 19, sorry, from 62 years old to 64 years old. That's, that's what he's trying to do. And the French have gone, no, no, it's not possible. No. And to the extent that they are rioting in the streets. I mean, the, the French are brilliant at this. They just go, no, it's not going to happen. I don't care. That, no, 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 no. Jacques, allez. And they go out in the street and throw stuff at policemen, and it's just brilliant. The the prime minister in in I've got sorry I'm on a tangent, but the the prime minister in the Assemblée Nationale um, rose to defend the policy, and the left wing of, of the French Parliament stood up and sang the national anthem so she couldn't speak. Look it up on YouTube; it's fantastic. It's just so brilliantly French. I uh, yeah. God bless the French. You won't hear British people saying that real. Anyway. 
don't forget to tell everybody where they can get some stationery, Stu, if <laughs> they're feeling inspired for some notes after listening Indeed. to us talk forever. Indeed. So having listened to me go off on a million and one tangents, you can always email me at hello at stuartlannon.com. And if you do fancy a bit of fancy stationery or even just some plain stationery, go to nerosnotes.co.uk where we've got some fantastic stuff. And if you have any questions or queries about anything you see there, just drop us a note, hello at nerosnotes.co.uk. And I, or, well, it will be me. I'll come back to you with some, some advice. Anything I can help with, I'm more than happy to to talk to people about what they might be looking for, what's right, what's not. What about you, Justin? Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, easiest place to find me is justintwyford.com. Uh, of course, I'm hanging out on YouTube. That's that's a fun experience, documenting our, our adventures that we do beyond your front door on YouTube. You can email both Stu and myself, stationaryjacent at gmail.com. Really appreciate it. Um, so please like and review us. Uh, we, we're getting back to that. Um, and Hey, if you could throw out a recommendation to your friends and colleagues, then that would be appreciated as well. Help us keep going for another hundred episodes. Uh, our next topic, we're going to talk a little bit about the show itself. It'll be an <gasps> interesting one. Wow. Until then, goodbye and stay productive. Yes, us for we're jolly good fellows for we're jolly good fellows. <laughs> Oh, that was good.